Welcome back, everybody, to Brothers in the Deep End Season 3. As we continue through this journey in this season, we have a lot of amazing stories, a lot of amazing guests, and we can't thank you guys enough for helping support us in our journey through this season. Um, all the likes, all the commenting, all the sharing, we can't thank you guys enough, and if we can change one life, that's all, we, that's all that matters to all of us. All right? All right, man. So I'll bring this in. Um, today we got my man, Bob, a.k.a. Super Saiyan Bob. Many of y'all have um, probably came across his Instagram. It's, it's called um, SSJ Bob. Yes, I. And he's known for his ridiculous strength and the stunts he used to perform at his old college. Nope. That crazy shit I used to see that shit. See it. Flexing yeah, on him real fast. I try. I try. <laughs> Flex. Ooh. Mm. So the first time I came across Bob was on the IG Explore page because mainly my feed is fitness, motivation, hip hop. So. You know, if you got a lot of attraction behind your thing with fitness, it's going to pop up on my feed. So I see Bob, I'm like, oh, let me check this kid's page out. So I noticed he was strong and athletic as fuck, just pure and natural. It wasn't like nothing Aki. like, yeah, it was just natural. And you just, you could tell when someone's just, just different in that lane. Like when I was playing football, I could tell, oh, nah, this dude's a beast or oh, nah, you know, so I could just tell. And when I came across the page, I'm like, damn, this guy is Fucking strong as shit. <laughs> and he's around my age group. And mind you, and I another thing that drew me closer to Bob was that um, he was in college. I'm in college. Again, similar age group. So I related to him in a sense. So I'm like, all right, let me check out the rest of this page. Then I see him doing these crazy yep. fucking stunts. I'm like, nah, the boy, boy just different. But at, at the end of the day, he's still being himself. Like, he's still being Bob. So... Long story short, I'm following up on his journey and what the case may be. And, um, you know, I saw that Bob started to hang out with, with um, Black Tom Cruise. And many of y'all may have known um, Black Tom Cruise as Big O. I call him I call him Big O, a.k.a. Otis. And um, also follow, followed along his page as well here and there. So, and again, he was another powerhouse in the fitness industry. Another yeah. strong brute. I'm talking like a lineman, but strong as shit. And like... We're talking like how tall? How tall, how tall was uh, six two? Six two, and how much? How much you think he weighed? It's two ninety. Two ninety, and just a beast. And just what made us distinct when I came across this page was like his aura, and again the way he moved. It was just natural. He was just himself, and I'm like, damn. And and also his voice was very distinct. Yeah, very distinct. He was like, yeah, you know, I can't, I can't even do it. Yeah. So when I saw um, both of them tag along. I'm like, oh shit, wait, this shit about to be crazy. Like, yeah. you know, I'm like, now we about to see a lot of what what Black Tom Cruise would say, power. Like, we was about to see a lot of power. Yeah, best duo in yeah, New York. Exactly. Nah. Best duo, yeah, claim that shit. Best duo in New York. And when they mesh, I knew it would go well because it was just like the hand in hand. They were like Batman and Robin. And, you know, um, then with also my journey, it's just crazy how God works, right? So whenever I came across like fitness influencers or people that I really respect and I look up to, and Bob was one of them, Black Tom Cruise was one of them, my guy Traps, Joe Anderson, Corey, um, I was like, damn, I wish, I wish one day I could connect with them. Actually, I said, you know what, one day I am going to connect with these guys. And when I see them, I just hope to pick their brain and just know more about them. Because again, I look up to them and I'm trying to get some game and learn from them as well. So boom, full circle. I'm working out at my gym. Shout out Elite Barbell. 
Shout out um, Fred. I saw Fred today. He's like, yo, tune into your pod. And I'm like, yo, I got Bob coming in today. So shout out Fred. But shout out to Elite Barbell. So I noticed that they were working out at Elite Barbell. And I was like, oh, shit. I'm like, this yeah. may be the time that I get to link up with them and see them. So long, so long story short, I'm training a client. And then I see them. After I train my client, I, I write, up, write up the rip. I just was like, I'm going to just go up and just talk to them. I just gave them the flowers. I told them how much I look up to them, respect them, and what they're doing for just the fitness community as a whole and to keep on doing what they're doing. And, I again, I gave them all the praise. And then as time went on, and we're, we're consistent with the gym, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Me, me, so I'm consistent with it. He is. We have a deep passion for it. Day in and day out, I start seeing them more and more. And when you start seeing people with similar interests, vibes, and people with that same passion and in that same area, you grow respect and you grow a bond. And we just start talking, you know, every time we talk, we got to know each other more and more and more, but it was just right off the first conversation, it was nothing but love. Yeah. And it was just, again, natural, nothing like phony or just weird. And I could tell these guys were who they were on Instagram and off Instagram. So I was like, you know what? I think it would be great to get Bob on my pod because, you know, behind all these crazy stunts, behind all these crazy lifts who is really who is who's bob like who is he you know say i want to know what defines him what makes him because yeah we chopped it up at the gym but it's just a casual conversation yo how's your day going yo what lift you doing then this and that and also rest rest in peace my god big o um i told him too that i was like yo i want to get you on my pop he's and he was like yo man whenever i'm here whenever you want to get me on i'm here and it was just you know they're busy we gotta respect people's schedule i was like all right we're gonna set this up later in the year and we set around june july august but then unfortunately that thing happened and that thing kind of woke me up to get bob on this pod today i was like you know what bob let's set it up i seen him do a pod i was like all right no now's the time because we need to know the story behind bob and like for anyone that's just trying to find validation as to what they're doing, anyone in our similar age group or higher, especially those in the powerlifting community, I know Bob has a major influence and a lot of people look up to you and you don't even know that. So um, thank you for being here. Thank you for coming. Hey. And again, this is God. This is God's plan right here. And just Bob, if you could just take us back, you know, to your foundation, your childhood and, you know, uh. your and who raised you, your parents and what the case may be. Yeah, I grew up like any normal troubled child, Brooklyn, New York, and the family wasn't all that tight. My mother and father always had troubles. Okay, so, so what made you a troubled child? What made me what made me a troubled child? Well, well, I was I was kind of a bad kid. I was always talking back to my parents, specifically my mother. But you know, I, I love my mother. Um, my father, I would always get beatings. I I, I remember this one beating I used to have when I was. Gonna, I told my sister, I don't know why I told her this. I told her, you know, you're gonna have big, big breasts when you get older. I don't know why I told her that or <laughs> nah. I don't know why I said that, but, and then I remember um, my father's hiding in it. He just whooped my ass badly. You get beat with with trees, um, the, the, trees. the tree branches. Yeah, you get from the Caribbean. But um, we were Rastafarians and we were really, really, really strict. And I guess that strictness carried over to me being more disciplined, but it all started from then. Me being five, six, seven, eight, uh, the household was pretty strict. I was kind of troubled. School, I was bad. Um, but I would say my father did keep us in check. 
I was going to say, though, so, like, I know, like, with the world we live in today, a lot of people also don't agree with, like, their kids getting, like, beat. I know it's a sensitive topic for certain people, but, like, do you feel, in your opinion, that, like, that shaped you to be better or helped you to be better and disciplined? Or do you think, like, if you weren't hit and you were, like, maybe disciplined in a different way, it would make you feel or make you, like, be a different person you definitely, are? Definitely, definitely shaped me. It, it's good. Beating your kids, hey, sometimes they need to mix. Because I have a seven-year-old brother, and... I mean, we're all older now, but he's the youngest one by far. It's a huge gap, and he gets away with a lot of things, and he's not beaten as much. So Yeah, t- times have changed, you know. I got disciplined by that. You know, I used to be like, I hate you, mom. But like, You know how we all yeah, used to be growing up, bro. It shaped me to the person I am today, and it, it disciplined me. I, we all need that little tap, you know what I'm saying? And sometimes you got to get burnt by fire to realize, all right, you can't do this. I was reading a book by James Allen. I don't know if it was As a Man Thinking for From Power mm-hmm. to Power. He was like, sometimes humans gotta learn, gotta learn a lesson, right? Through sometimes through some evil. So if you do the wrong thing and get disciplined, and you notice that's that's not the right thing to do because you got punished for it, you won't do it again. So that's the same thing. So you talked about your father. What type of impact your father had on your life? And like, was he strict? When impacts he made, I'll say he definitely always made me want to become a better athlete or get stronger, no matter what. I remember him doing handstands, and I always wanted to do. I always wanted to do it longer than him. I, I remember him. Anytime we go to the park, I would want to race him. I was the goal was to beat him, and just just beat him. I, I was always always been competitive. Um, and it started off with him. How about your mom? Did your mom like have any impact? Um, she was working a lot. She was working a lot at the time. So not not in not in an early age, I would say, not as much, but. I definitely remember a lot of the competitions, push-ups too. I w- always wanted to beat him in push-ups. Yeah, that's crazy because my was... d- my dad used to do the same thing, like handstands, push-ups, and we yep. used to race. I'm like, nah, I want to I want to be better than my father, and what the case may be. And how was your relationship? It was tight, tight before he uh, put his hands on my mother. I'm not gonna lie. Um, we spent like a good day in the police department, and then that was literally the last time we seen him. We moved. We ended up moving, going to the shelter, and the relationship went from went from a hundred to a room. And what what age did you see him do that to your mother? Eight. I was eight. Oh. Damn. So I was gonna yeah. say before we even get into that. So you said you lived in a shelter. Yeah. So like, how did that make you feel? Because I feel like not many people can be like, ah, you know, the or even shelter. announce that they live oh. in a shelter. So like, how did that, like, I kind of impact you? Like, how that make you feel living in a shelter? Um. Well, I hit it. When I go into school, I definitely never talked about it ever. Mm-hmm. Um, Did you feel like people were going to like judge you a lot more? Like if you Yeah, were- definitely. At the time, definitely. I can't remember the mode of transportation, but I definitely remember taking different routes that I normally would uh would take with my friends, you know. Did not want them to know I lived in a shelter. But the shelter itself was t- met some dope people there. Met some new people I could compete with in racing and stuff. So for people who haven't like lived in a shelter, like how was living in a shelter? Because I don't know. Like I'm not gonna lie to you. Like, I don't really know how it living is to live in a shelter. shelter. Like how is it? Like explain a little bit. Like especially give like a little a, story. Especially at a young age too. Yeah. Well, we were in Manhattan, so there was plenty of events. They were, they had planned activities. They had foods. It was like it was literally like school, literally, but it was like very flexible. There was hella arts and crafts, so much programs, trips. Mm. Um. And you yeah. were with your your mom. Yeah, I was with my mom, okay. brother, and sister. And how's like the living conditions? Like how the heavy y'all living? It was decent. 
it wasn't that bad. I'm not gonna. It wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. I don't remember much, but it wasn't that bad. So you talked about how after you saw what your dad did, your relationship mm-hmm. went from a hundred to zero. Yeah. And you know why was that? Because you obviously that's your mother. You know. Yeah. And like. Did you and father like just go your separate ways? Like, in you said your father went somewhere else after that happened. Yeah, totally. Okay. I don't even. I don't. I remember did, he was he, locked up for like a bit, but I don't really remember anything after that. And I didn't see him until the the he put his hands on my mother. That was the last time I seen him until you know we met again at fifteen years old. But yeah, relationship went from zero. And how was that growing up without like your father being there from like eight to like now per se yeah because i was gonna say your dad sounded like he had a very big impact on you growing up you guys were very competitive together obviously in a very good way in a healthy way yeah. you know what i'm saying so like how did that make you feel from like at least like looking up to someone and being like with someone to being like oh like this isn't the person maybe i think he is you know well the big well i honestly didn't really change much but i would say the biggest impact would be we stopped being rastafarians i guess i would say because he was like I will say he definitely imposed that on us with control, mm-hmm. um, being a Rastafarian, which impacted what we ate because we were vegetarians, um, impacted everything. What we wore, we were wearing red, yellow, green colors all Cry. the time. You the big hats with the dreads. We had dreads. <laughs> My God. Um, yeah, it impacted a lot. And when we, as soon as, you know, he left, it's like you, mm. it's like a little bar. Although, you know, we loved him. It was like a, you got hang. Yeah, 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 it was like it was like a little like like a little fresh air and yeah. breath and a little little bit more freedom because again, he was controlled, kind of had you in that system, you yeah. know. And that's how old school heads are, you know. At the end of the day, too, and like especially with your culture and what the case may be, like fathers back in the day were really like, all right, this is the way. This is the very traditional way. And we're just gonna, we're yeah. just gonna stick to it. So with him, when he when he's not there no more, it's like all right, now Bob could probably be who he wants and kind of find him. And yeah. and that was the case. So talk about like your journey from like when you left. So like after eight, he left. So you said you had dreads. What happened to the dreads? I cut them bitches in like sixth grade. I cut them in sixth grade. I was what like twelve. Mm-hmm. I hated the dreads. It was ugly, chunky, and I was getting bullied. Mm-hmm. But hey, someone was telling me it was a sign of why I ran so fast. Um, but at the end of the day, I had to what. Cut them. Yeah, I, like, you know, it like glides in the air. I don't know. Some um, shit like I'm that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I had to cut the dreads. Sixth grade was game changer for me. Sixth grade, I I was a, discovered I was a better athlete than ever before. I cut the hair, had waves. Sixth grade, I was feeling myself. I was going to say, so you said you got bullied. So how did that really make you feel? Like, did you take that experience and use it for, like, better? Or did you, like, let it beat you down a little bit and then you had to, like, bring yourself up? Honestly, I just let it slide. Neither shit. I just ignored that shit. Mm. Sixth grade, I just let it slide. It didn't make me better. It didn't make me worse. And you never got into like fights or anything? Because you said you were a troubled child. I so did when you get in a fight. I did get in a... Uh, I don't even want to bring this up, but I got Bring it up, fight. bring it up, bring it up. Uh, it's, it's a fruitcake moment. Um, Let's see. Some <clears> guy <throat> was slapping me on, on the butt. Oh, Playing no. those fruitcake... <laughs> no, man. You know how kids are. They be joking yeah, and yeah. shit. Yeah, like, yeah. Nah, but you got respe- to respect people's space. Yeah. And, um... Rastafarians are still like serious. They don't play, you know, gay shit at all. No, you know, no offense. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and I literally just turned around and I punched him in the face after he did that. And oh, nah. That was my first suspension. 
he broke. He ended up breaking his leg, and breaking his leg because you punched him in the face. Yeah, yeah. He probably was, stumbled. He probably, yeah, like the Jr. <laughs> like, Smith though. Like, like you probably like he hit him right, and then just the force, and then the, probably yeah. where he was trying to like yeah. get his balance, just broke this his leg. Dude, really super saiyan out here, yeah, bro. Was, no cap. Was, he went ah, boom. Nah, that was my first fight. Um, got suspended, but it wasn't really you know. I, I had to pass my mother because I mean. Hey, you, sl- you slap my ass. You no, know, yeah, but I was on, gonna man. say that's like, <clears throat> I think to your point, like I think that's with any kid nowadays, at least from our generation, right? Yeah. I feel like I, my mom always told me, even my dad told me, they were just like, yo, if anyone ever lays hands on you, makes you feel uncomfortable, don't be afraid of fucking hit the back, and we'll deal with it. Like, don't let anyone walk all over you or beat you. You know what I'm saying? Because that right. shit is just wrong. You know what I'm saying? You gotta defend yourself. You can't just be a fucking uh-huh. puss. Yeah. You know what 100%. I'm saying? And um, before we get into like your middle school days, I just have a. Uh, one more question uh, regarding yeah. regarding your father, and then we could just move on from that. Um, when you met him at fifteen, was there like any like difference in the relationship? Was did you guys find closure? I will say, I faked finding closure. I guess I could say because like, I guess I made it seem like everything was okay, blah blah blah. But then I was like, no, nah. um, it wasn't okay, and plus I was super desensitized to him. Cause I haven't seen him in so long, mm. so you just get it's used like, to it. yeah, I I've been got used to it. Yeah, it's, it was it's, just like it's hard to come back in someone's life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you've been you've been out so long, and it's just like the last thing you remember is that, and like we had, we didn't really talk about it since then. Yeah, and I'm your son. You know, I look up to you, and it's just like you did that. Like, damn, you know. But yeah. you had to keep life going, and I I commend you for that because as a young kid, you know, you continue doing what you got to do, and it seems like, you know. Maybe I'm wrong, but it seems like you didn't really let it get the best of you. Because some people, all. when they see that, it could really have trauma on them, you know? Mm-hmm. And they don't know how to cope with people socially or what the case may be. Or whenever, again, someone play fighting, it could bring that, you know, PTSD real fast. I'm so mm-hmm. serious. Yeah, some people. Yeah. I was going to say, how did you come to that closure? Like, how um, did that happen that day of? It wasn't real closure with me. I would say, like, he <clears> thought, he thought, we were gonna start, you know, becoming a family again or some shit. Um, start meeting more. So I guess it was like he thought it was gonna be close. It was closure for him at the at the day, mm-hmm. but then after like the first week of horrible communication, it was like, oh, I guess it ain't what it isn't what it is, you know? Yeah, and makes sense. Uh, talk about um those middle school days. So like, you know, you talk about you getting bullied. Now, how did you break out that phase of like again? Yeah, you fall someone that. You know, try to pick on you, but how did you come across like not getting bullied or like getting yourself like comfortable around people per se? Middle school started in seventh, eighth grade days. Literally, I just joined them, joined them as far as uh, hanging out with them. Mm-hmm. Um, it felt good to be part of the cool kids, and I'm not gonna lie, we we we. Tar- how did you we, join them though? How did you join um, them? The I was cool kids. <laughs> I was uh, was a cool I was kid. the fastest kid in middle school. And everybody else thought that was cool. On top of being bullied, I was the fastest kid in middle school. So me having that, I guess. Drew people closer yeah. to you. I think, yeah, like exactly what I said in the intro. I'm about to just tie in the dots real quick. What's in the intro, right? I'm looking at the Explore page. Boom. I looked in your page. I'm like, holy fucking shit. I'm like, this dude is fucking strong. <laughs> nah. I'm like, no, and he's big. He saw it. And again, it was just like. You could just tell, you know, you could just tell when someone's just different 
And I was just like, nah, it's just natural for this kid. And he's just talented mm-hmm. with it. So I think, again, in elementary school, when a kid sees something different, especially me, oh, he's fast? Nah, we got to hang around him. We got to get cool with him. And it just people just lure on to you. That's always yeah. how it was, though. I feel like even mm-hmm. in middle school and, like, when we're all younger, when you see yeah. something that's a lot different and someone, you know, is, like, the new person or, like, they're really good at something, everyone's like, ah. Like, so it sounds out. like you didn't join them. It sounds like they joined you. No, no, I joined them. They was wild. And after school, I would join their little crowd, and we would, like. And you would just be like, yo, I, I'll stand out with, with them or with the kids. No, nah, I just, wasn't standing out. They were doing some crazy shit, like, uh. Terrorizing other schools. We had beefs with other schools, and I was part of the school. I mean, um, yeah, I was part this of This is middle school? school? This yeah. was seventh grade. Seventh yeah, grade. Yeah. yeah, we were bugging. It was bad. It was even a moment where one of the kids from Kappa 7 brought a gun. What? And what, what middle school you went to? Eastside. Eastside. That was my high school. I went to uh, Ashima First at Endeavor. Oh, shit. I, don't, I don't know that, but it sounds pretty dangerous. Hey. We're only <laughs> dangerous. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Damn. but. Kid, I just I just joined them. We started going crazy, and that was when my personality developed a little bit, mm-hmm. and I started liking the wild side. Oh um, man, yeah. And I, I switched schools going into eighth grade mm-hmm. for the better because I needed to switch schools. But the school I switched to was even worse. MS sixty one. I heard that? about that. Yeah, yeah I, I heard of. Bad. It sounds like oh, I'm not even gonna say it, but okay. But <laughs> bad. yeah, and um, talk about um that like. MX-61, per se. How was it so bad? MX-61 was horrible. Right now, like, there's a hella gang members that come from... um, That school? Yeah. And um, they were, like, they're literally three years younger than me, and now they're, like, notorious. It's kind of... Yeah, it's wild. Um... So probably when you see like those those things in the news, and probably name you like, oh, I think I went to middle school. Yeah. Okay. You don't. You don't even need to say more. Oh. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about let's talk about high school um, per se. You know, you gain you kind of open up more and just developing and just growing. You know, you're saying you you're growing within your personality. You kind of find yourself. So let's talk about high school because right. high school, high school, and then college is like a crucial moment to us finding who we are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would say high school had a nice little growth spurt. I don't know what happened. I grew to five seven and I was like one sixty, and on top of being fast, I was strong as hell. Easily when the I most athletic in the school. It's bullshit. Man. And um, fucked up, man. <laughs> that was when I had like I felt like I was a little more popping. And mm-hmm. bullying out the window. Definitely none of that. Um Yeah, no one was messing with you. I wasn't no, what the fuck? I wasn't playing any sports at the time, except I did track the following year, mm-hmm. sophomore year. Um and yeah, I was just an athlete and I was Getting more attention, hell of attention actually, mm-hmm. from the upperclassmen, the teachers. I was arm wrestling the teachers. Oh my god, Danny, if, yo, I was arm wrestling mad teachers, man. It was crazy. And did you like? Did you join any teams in high school, or was you playing basketball? What, what was you? That ended up being junior year when I first found basketball. I found basketball so late. Mm. I found basketball and I was so bad at it. Eleventh grade year. But I quickly got way better because, you know, naturally you're naturally athletic and then you start developing quickly. I wanted to do big things with basketball, so I was working hard as hell. I even wrote my college essay on basketball, training in the snow, all that. My worth ethic is unmatched. And I think it translates to yeah. why you are why you are powerhouse in powerlifting and, yeah. and fitness per se. Um, so let's just go, in, go into college. Um, 
But I think he answered everything about <laughs> high school, right? Yeah. Well, unless you have another question. No, I think I'm ready for college. Yeah. <laughs> college. So, yeah, let's let's talk about college. Like, what was your ask? Why did you go to the school you went to and what the case may be? Because I was say, now you're a little older. Mm-hmm. So yeah. now you obviously are a tank. And now you obviously, like, know what you're capable of. So, like, how does college, like, affect you or take you to, like, this next level, like, of your powerlifting career? College, I had no idea what I wanted to do. Like no one I was knows. I was basically free. I knew I wasn't going into the school playing a sport because you know I was I played basketball too early. But the goal was to make the basketball team. Um, my roommate was part of the team, and we used to go head to head to head. Shout out to S J Mark. We That's his name, S J Mark. Super Saiyan Mark, bro. Okay. Uh, shit, we went head to head, and I knew if I could go head to head with him, he was six three, I was five eleven. He was around 180. He was quick as hell. I was around 200. I was kind of quick, strong as hell, explosive. I was dunking, jumping, blah, blah, blah. The goal was just to make the team, be a point guard. And that's actually how I found powerlifting, lifting. Um, I was trying to get stronger. And I got, I would like to say I got so strong, too strong, that I developed a passion for getting stronger and stronger. And that's how I Dropped the passion of basketball, but basketball is still my bait. Mm-hmm. Um, I dropped that passion and switched to strength. And was there any, any like, so I see you do when, I think when I came across the page, I don't know what year it was, but you was in college, and I see you doing these, like, crazy stunts and everything on Instagram. What drew you to, like, posting on that Instagram? Um, See, getting into powerlifting, it was kind, it, powerlifting is kind of boring. It is boring. It's just the main lifts, squat, mm-hmm. bench, deadlift. Yeah, but, but at college could, you was doing like yeah, so, yeah. I was trying to make it more fun. So I was trying to do things people never did before, like a a Steinborn squat where you lean to the side and get the yeah, squat. Yeah, I seen that. I was like, go into mm-hmm. it, jumping with the bar, box jumps without your hands on the bar, bell. Um, I was just trying to do things no one ever did before, and literally you'd have to dig deep to find someone to do it, and you still can't find anybody doing it. So. <laughs> That was literally my goal. Shit, walking with the, doing a uh, a whole 200 feet walk with the barbell on my back with no hands. Um, Yeah, I was doing crazy shit. Must be nice, bro. <laughs> I was going to say, so I'm really curious to know. So uh, Ethan said he found you on Instagram, right? And I'm assuming at the time you were obviously popping and like you started developing like a bigger following because I look at your following now and it's pretty big. So like when was that moment? Where you were like, oh shit, like I'm fucking popping. I'm assuming this was during college, correct? Yeah. So was, when was this day that mm, Super Saiyan Bob was built yeah. on like the social media platform known as like this fucking Aki fucking tank? Like what put you on There's the map? Definitely two moments. The first moment was making, um, it's a pow- popular powerlifting page called King of the Lifts. Shout out to them. Um, they shared my, they shared a couple of my videos, and it went booming. Did you know that they shared your no, videos? Oh, like, I knew. I was hype as hell. Cause so I got did like, you pay them? No. Fuck, I'm just pay? curious. I'm just curious because some people would be doing shit like he that said, for the he exposure. He said pay, like so just so said like, Drake. Drake. So, so I'm just curious. So like one day you were literally just like chilling, and then you saw like your video on their page. Yeah, randomly. Damn, you never um, asked them how they found you. I, oh, cause I was strong, and I'm like, people send your videos to them. When, when they find out like some interesting hey this guy deserves to be shared blah 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 um and then hey i got shared and then my shit went crazy because i was deviant in the powerlifting community because what i did is not what you're supposed to do in powerlifting trust me it's, mm-hmm. it was wild um and then i grew up like five thousand followers and i was like wow this shit is crazy I'm famous 
Yeah. Like, I'm famous. That's kind of wild. And then the second moment was the big moment. World Star. You know, World Star is kind of huge. Mm-hmm. Um, I made World Star for making, for doing a, for failing a lift. The barbell hit the back of my neck. And I, it looked like I died, but I was perfectly fine. It was only 135 pounds. And it, I walked away, no scratches, no nothing. Wait, so how did the barbell, uh, yeah, how did nah, that happen? You got to say the yeah. story. Cause what was you doing that? A box jump. So you know how people jump with the weight uh-huh. on the box? I tried to do that with no hands, having You're the bar levitate. Bugging. Yeah. Oh, so you had the bar like this, like this. You had no hands. You just tried to jump with it? Yeah. And it, it looked very bad on camera, but it was not... At, it wasn't bad at all, honestly. It wasn't bad at all. Now, Worldstar exposed you, bro. <laughs> Worldstar shared the first half of the clip. Matter of fact, they actually paid me to share the video. I don't know why, but I guess they have to pay you, pay well, the guy. That means they really wanted yeah, you. Yeah, they though. bought the video, that I guess. That means they wanted you. But um, they shared just the part where I failed, and I completed the, the stunt. That's crazy. Oh, shit. I mean, yeah, but, you know, hey, I mean, that's more clout. No, yeah, them, I mean, like, honestly, though, like, with the internet, you know what I'm saying, like, anything, you know how a lot of shit is just perceived on the internet, you know, they take out certain parts to make it look a certain yeah. way, but, like, how did that, like, affect you, like, how did it affect your following and, like, your social media, because Worldstar was pretty big, yeah, and, like, Worldstar. you said, Worldstar at the time, I mean, it's still really big, right, but at the time, it was, like, boom, 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 like, booming, yeah. so yeah. how, like, your World. followers and, like, what, like, opportunities came your way, like, how'd your following grow and everything? Worldstar has millions of followers, even though they're not fitness fa- fitness-based, I still got up like five thousand ish more. I think I finally hit fifteen k on Instagram, and I was approaching twenty k yeah, at the end big. of the year. That yeah. was lit, especially back in those days. Even yeah. now, that's still big. But it just your your following just grew organically, like super organic. It like, was like from from the day you was posting to now, it's just just naturally yeah. just people just start following. You didn't pay for nothing. Da, da, da. Nothing. Oh. I, I find that cringe, but oh yeah, I didn't pay for anything. Because a lot of people be, you know, that's why I I found again dope about your page. It didn't seem like shit was fake. You know, sometimes you go on some people page like, yo, did they pay for their following? How the fuck did they get this big? They're like thirty thousand followers. Content is, one I don't know. Comment. It's just I don't know. I could kind of sense the phony shit, you know. And with you, yeah. it just wasn't that. And so I think it's remarkable that like hell yeah, I was working hard yeah, for my content. Yeah, I think I think it's remarkable that people just gravitate to you and, and just. You know, even though Instagram isn't everything, but it's just like, you know, it's like, oh, shit, like, people are actually fucking with me, you know? Yeah. A lot of people, you know? Yeah. I remember I had some people defending me in the comments and shit. Yeah. It was pretty cool. And, um, like, t- college, what was some crazy stuff that went on in college? Do you have any, like, crazy college stories or some shit that you think about college? Like, damn, this, this fucked me up or, like, damn, you know? Um, getting written up was a big turning point for me. I mean, it's, it's hilarious if you hear it. I was singing in the shower, and I was singing a little too loud. What was you singing? Alicia Keys, if you, oh, even if you were crying. a million miles away. You were singing that loud in the you know, shower? What's the, yeah, I was singing that dumb loud. Um, And my RA ripped me, ripped me up, no warning, no warning at all. And um, that gave me the, the vibe of, yo, fuck this shit. Fuck. And he was living right next to me, right mm-hmm. next door. So I was like on a revenge type of vibe um very immature of me but still i was like fuck this shit blah 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 every time walking back into the building from class i was like yo i don't want to see you in there all that you know mm-hmm. and then since you was training to like you want you when you went to college you want to be a part of the basketball team right or, yeah so with training with that with basketball being passion you're like damn i need to get stronger and then now 
you go into like, all right, well, I, I'm kind of liking this way more. And this is just like growing for me. Like now my page is popping with it. Like, do I really want to play basketball? What was the goal now that you got a huge uh, following base on Instagram? And what was going on? The goal was I knew I was supposed to compete eventually because I still haven't done any powerlifting meet and I was strong as hell. I could contend for a state record, but I never competed. So the goal was to get a state record, state record, more recognition, boom, as well as me validating my strength. Mm -hmm. so and I remember in our conversation, our first conversation we had, I was like, yo, did you, did you finish school? Like what happened at college? And you said, nah, bro, I don't know, uh, you know? So what happened with, you know, college and just finishing along that journey? I ended up not returning to college, did not want to, nope. Um, I ended up chasing, chasing the social media and it was a horrible idea. I had about 30,000 followers and I had a meal prep company that was paying me at the time. And I was trying to live off that and it was a horrible, and I tried to make programs. I, I made a little off programs at the time, but you definitely don't want to go that route. But everything worked out for me. I would say it, everything happens for a reason. What what, what what made you say, all right, what was the semester? It was like, all right, I'm not going back to college. And what was that like that point? So what was it, your junior year? My great, yeah, junior year. My grades started dropping and my literally, I had no motivation at all to to even go back to the school. Because of, of the social media? No, no, no. It wasn't because of the social media. I was just, I just, the social media was just another distraction okay. at the time, actually. It was just a distraction. Mm -hmm. um, it was really class and getting written up that really... Class set. you just found... What was you studying? Um, health and wellness was my and, major. And class was just getting boring for you? Just like, eh. Classes were getting boring. I did love the science. I always loved sciences because research... Research always gets, you know, there's always something mm -hmm. to research. I loved it. But when it came to classes like Spanish, I know, I know, gen eds, gen eds. When it came to the gen eds, statistics, I was like, fuck. So then you're like, all right, do, if I return, if I'm going to return to school, nah. So you was like, I'm not going to return because I got 30,000 files. I got a meal prep company paying me. I'm buy and then you was doing programs too? They wanted me to do, a, they wanted me to do classes during the winter out of, out of pocket and i was like nah i could relate to that though to be honest with you like if you ever if anyone's listened to like my story my episode on this podcast i spoke about how like the same thing for me my junior year um i kind of like lost a lot of motivation in college i fucking hated it like i'm sorry to say but like i really fucking mm. hate it it was a great it's a great college shout out to marist great college um but i personally just felt like i wasn't doing anything i felt like i was wasting my time so at the time, like I saw a better opportunity, just like you, right? Because I saw a lot of growth that I think that can come out of this. So I, I obviously deployed to Afghanistan. I took a whole different route compared to you, mm. but uh, like when I came back, I was a lot more motivated to finish up because I think that break really showed me, like I think a lot about myself that I really like appreciated and enjoyed, and now I appreciate things a lot more. Um, speaking of like appreciating things a lot more, I also think that you, as a powerlifter, is very, very big in this community and i know you and you know the black tom cruise had a very good relationship and mm -hmm. you know when we're talking about taking things for granted and you know things becoming unfortunate and appreciating things more um he unfortunately lost his life and i just want to know how that impacted you in your powerlifting career 
because you guys were close and you guys were supposed to yeah. be like destined for greatness. So can you tell us a little bit about that story and how like that affected you? Because I'm assuming this came after college. The yeah, definitely. It was just four weeks ago, to be honest. Um, hey, we've been training for three years. Best person I ever met. I don't let people in at all. And meeting him was literally, literally changed everything. Changed me as a powerlifter, as a person. How and so? How it ch- changed me as a powerlifter because I got strong as hell meeting him. He he exposed me to new environments, different states. Um, and we would go head to head competitively. Changing me as a person. Uh, he was just a vibe. He was an energy, good energy to have, and hey, it made my energy pop in as well. And uh, how, how did you how did y'all link up? Because when I saw you link, I'm like, oh shit! Did they like meet you on social media? Like as of like you know how I kind of like sort of met you. How how did it come about that you guys linked up? It was random as hell. We we never we never DM'd at all. Random as hell at an LA Fitness in Brooklyn. I forgot the location, but. I remember I was about to hit my top set, and then I seen him, and I was like, hey, I know this guy is Larry Wheel's spotter, so I let me do some shit and impress him or some shit like that. That was my mindset, and I tried to squat 640 pounds. Uh, yeah. And then he, he came behind you. He noticed- yeah, I asked him for a spot. I asked him for a spot. And then he and he came to us like, yeah, like, you know, let's go. Uh, yeah, actually, yeah. Uh- yeah. And and then from then on, like, how did y'all like go about it? He was like, "Yo, like, you should come lift." Like, what was the story with that? How did I follow? Um, up? yeah, we we exchanged contacts, and then we ended up going to a powerlifting gym instead of an LA Fit, and the powerlifting gym was called Mount Vernon Barbell in New And York. that was the next day. No, that was the weekend, the following weekend. And he just picked you up. He's like, "Yo, you gonna yeah. come?" Yeah, picked me up, and from off there, the second, off the, literally second or first meetup. Yeah. yeah, and then from then on, just. That's what she and wrote. On, it was a, it was, it was a legend, fucking legend. Three years, it's kind of wild. Yeah, three years. That was, that was like you said, like your best friend, your dude. So like, I remember when we were sung in the gym, and when I saw that, when I saw the the posting about you know him in the hospital, I was like talking to him, like, oh, shit's just crazy, because like yeah. we was just talking about how like life is just weird and strange, and then boom, that happened. So like to reiterate on Casey's question, like. You know, how did that like make you feel? What what was the feelings you was going through and and during that process? I was trying my best to stay occupied because in the hospital, I, I'm thinking, all right, he's definitely gonna recover. Yeah, we was, we was talking process. about that. We was like, yo, yeah. he's gonna. We, remember, we said we said it's gonna be a long get back. Yeah, and I was thinking that too. Like, yo, he's gonna because we know we know Big O like strong, strong willed. We know his mental, and you know him best. So you're like, yeah, yeah he's going to bounce back out of this. He's just, right now, physically fucked yeah. up. Okay, yeah. Honestly, I, I bet he was thinking the same thing. Like, I'm out of commission right now. But fuck it, we're going to hit it back in a few weeks, months, whatever it may take. Mm-hmm. Um, Shit, I was feeling sad as hell. I was working, trying to... I was working and trying to stay focused, basically. But, um... Yeah, just letting time fly because that's my way of dealing with a more like a a period of. I don't get depressed at all often, really. But if I'm like to deal with depression, like quarantine, for example, I would just try to let time fly, sleep through it, work through it, or train through it, and boom. And that's what he was doing with when he was in the hospital. Like yeah, sleep, train, just going about your day. Because again. That was that was your homie. That was the guy you was lifting with. That's like if something happened to Casey, you know, I I don't know. I'll be in a big fog, brain fog. So when 
you got the news about like his passing. Yeah. Like, what? Where was you at? The stage you mind mentally, and tell us the story behind that. I was literally at work, personal trainer. I was not picking up my phone at all because I don't like. I don't really. I don't like. I don't like looking at my phone until after. Um, and then my phone was blowing up. I was like, "Why the fuck is my shit blowing up?" And then I, the first person I answer is my mother, and then she told me the news, and I was, my mouth dropped. I was shocked as hell, and literally I froze for like a good five minutes. I tried to, uh, I tried to schedule my next person, and then I could not even no, do it. I couldn't even. You I couldn't even do shit. I, like it was frozen. That shit was. That shit was insane. That shit was insane. And what was going through your mind, like yo, I, like my guy was just literally so just the words. Yeah. He passed a weight. The words, they're like kind of unreal. To this day. And to this day, yeah, to this day. Of course it's unreal. I, I'd be looking at back at our videos yeah. that we have in the month of June. Bro, when when it happened, right, and when I saw the news, especially when he was in the hospital, when, I, when we got the news that he passed, it opened up some scars for me because I lost a lot of people in my life, and it brought back that, like, paranoia, that PTSD, I would say, that like anxiety and I was like oh shit you know and I just saw I just saw oh not too long ago and every time I saw him I'm so thankful I was able, able to meet him um he just it was just he was kind to me um and it was just good vibes and I don't know he just like when I saw him it just lit up my day a little bit more and we always just had good conversations pushing each other motivating each other it was never no malice on his hand on his end same with Bob it was never no like like I didn't feel no type of like uncomfortableness around them. Like I felt like I knew them for years, but I just saw, I just knew them for a couple yeah, of months, yeah. weeks. So when I happened, I was just I was traumatized. Even and I looked at your page and I was looking on his page. I'm like, bro, dude was just here, and I'm just like, I can't yeah. believe this. I got I was sa- I was I was sad. You know, I kind of coping with it better because I'm praying every day, every night. I'm just I'm finding my balance again. But it took me it took me a while to kind of overcome it. And like, what do you do to like cope? With the passing of Big O, I what did you to, do? Or what I did you do? I just try to keep moving, keep training. Um, and I mean, I'd be looking at back at our videos. It kind of helps, I guess, the looking back at the videos. But then again, it kind of opens up. Yeah, scars like it kind of hurts more than yeah. It I would I help. can't look back in his page because when I do, I get sad automatically. I just get like, I get like, whoa! I don't even know what to say. You know? Yeah, I feel you. Yeah, man. I feel you. I'd be same thing with my my old videos mm-hmm. on Instagram or YouTube. It's like, damn, literally, it's crazy. And you know, it's crazy to say, like, you know, like these motions you were feeling or what the case may be. Because I was like, I can only know, I can only imagine what Bob is going through. But I know you're kind of like to yourself per se, as you said, and you don't really let people in and don't really show it. Because if you go on your Instagram, it's just you know. You do doing these crazy lifts again. You'll show your little personality, like your fun, your goofiness, and what the case may be. But it's not like you go in your store and you're talking about this. How I'm feeling, da da da. You just you know showing like you're basically a vlog of like your journey of lifting, working out per se. Yeah. So I really commend you for just you know being open about that per se. And like I'm gonna just like bring the two together because it's kind of like it didn't really make you desensitized, right? But it's like how like your father just left too. Like your father was your dog, and then boom, when he left, it was like oof. And then like this where O was different though because O was kind of like 
a limelight to your life. You know, it was just like the one and two combo. Mm-hmm. And so when that happened, man, just damn, I don't even know, I don't even know what to say. Right. Um, for for anyone you know in that journey, for anyone in for anyone in our age or in this powerlifting community or just with fitness or just trying to be successful as to what they're doing and like finding a niche, what kind of advice could you give them? Like in general, it doesn't even have to be powerlifting; it could be everything, bro. Because it sounds like you took a you took a big bet against yourself. You you left yeah. school. You said, "I'm not going back," and I'm gonna put all odds on me. What did your mother say? And like to this day, you're like, "Oh shit!" Like I really took this risk and it's working out for me. Hey, anything you do in life, life is about choices and the choices you make. Everything, every choice you make is gonna affect the next year or five years or even your family twenty, thirty years from now. Right. You gotta be a dog at what you do, whether it's art. Arts and crafts, powerlifting, basketball, soccer, whatever it is, Basket you gotta be a weaving. dog. Yeah, at, whatever you be a dog at, be happy with your choices you made in life, and excel in it. That's pretty much it. Don't half-ass nothing. No nothing. Don't half-ass shit. And that's that's basically been you since a youngin. Yeah. That like, literally, I mean, you just had. Yeah. I was gonna say, I think even with someone like you, I think from I think what I've learned from your story today also, and I think for people who are watching, um, I think. With you, I think the reason why you are the way you are is because you also grew up so quick and you grew mm-hmm. up on your own for most of your life. You know what I'm saying? Like after your pops, you know, mm-hmm. kind of walked out your life, now you're the head honcho of the house, you know? Mm-hmm. Regardless of the way you see it or not, yeah, your mom's the head honcho, but like, you know, as the guy, you're like, I'm not going to say you're expected, but you're expected, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. To take over. And I feel like when you were on your own and you were doing your own thing, um, I feel like it, it gave you the advantage to put you where you are now. You know what I'm saying? Right. I feel mm. like since you're so much, you know, more responsible and adult-like and you grew up so quick, like when you were with your peers, that's why you stood out. Because you knew what you wanted to do and you were like, nah, I did this shit all by myself so I could still do it by myself. And that's why you're here now because you're still doing shit by yourself. You don't <laughs> have no handouts, no nothing. Right. And you, Le- legit, no and, handouts, no yeah, nothing. You've never, you know, looked for fucking validation from anyone, and I feel like that's like the best part about your journey. It's like you've also never become a product of your environment. You never let all these external forces impact who Bob really is. Right. And I feel like that's the biggest thing about you is like, regardless of what you've been through, regardless of everything you've been through, you're still Bob. You grew up quick. You relied only on yourself, and you don't ask anybody for anything. And I feel like right. that's the that's, fucking that's craziest part about you. Yo, I try to I, deny. Anytime people offer me stuff, I try to. Nah. Yeah, and um, before we close out, I think that was well said by Casey. I think that's a great way to end it. Bob, do you got anything you want to say to anyone that's just tuning in, tuning into this right now? Hey, man, I appreciate everybody that supports me. If you knew, appreciate y'all too. Thank y'all for having me on the podcast. Nah, bro, thank you for coming. Thank y'all for tuning. In. Thank, thank my guy Joey for this shirt. Or what does it say? A blood, what does it say? Blood, blood sweat, blood, repeat, sweat. baby. Yeah. Strength club. And that's th- that's what he's a product of. I'm a product of too. But, bro, thank you, Bob. Thank you, everybody. Um, and don't forget to subscribe. Nah, don't like, forget to s- continue subscribe, sharing. Like, yes, yes. If we're yes. able to change one life, that's, that's all that matters, that's what and that's all why about. we're here. Yeah. And talk about what Casey said on on Bob. Um, that's kind of true because every time I see Bob, he's just kind of like to himself. And it's kind of like, you know, he's just on his own journey. And, like, I respect that and I commend that tons. And it's been like that, like you said, since youngin'. 
And, bro, big, 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 big up. Bro, Thank you. Flex one more time yeah. for the camera, bro. Show me your fucking. I'm not even a bodybuilder. No, we got we gonna end it like that. Nah. Look, moving different, you know I'm already custom made Said you wanna play with me, there's just a different game Trying to make it to the end, it's just a crazy maze Here for the long, you know I'm about to make a play